Vincent, will you tell us when you were in Maynooth, what was it like? Well, I was, so I was thinking about that, Sarah, 35 years ago since I went there, September of 81. I was 18 and looking forward to supposed to being a priest. And it seemed such a huge place when I went there. That was my initial feelings of it. The corridor seemed huge. The buildings were huge. But after a few days, it, it sort of normalized itself and people became people. And uh, my memories of it, I have to say, are, are fond memories. That's being totally honest. I uh, met very good people there. Some of them, thankfully, have maintained contact with some lost contact with over the years. But I, I left Maynooth uh, happy I'd gone there. I suppose that's the best way I could sum it up. And so there's been this talk about this gay culture. Was there any of that going on when you were there? I can't say there was. I'm sure in, in any group, at that time there was many more students in it than now. I said there was three to four hundred students in it when I started there. So I'm sure among that many people, you have, uh, you have many different shades of, of character and personality. And I suppose those people that you might perceive at times to be effeminate in some of their ways of, 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 of acting and talking. But I never was aware of any prevailing culture of either homosexuality or heterosexuality, if that makes sense. I, I just felt we were people trying to make the most of life, to be honest with you. Now, I've so come across this new word this week that I haven't been familiar with before, formators and formation. And it refers to, we'll say, the people, the teachers in Maynooth and the manner in which they train you how to be a priest. Yeah. And there seems to be a division between people who want their priests to be terribly holy and, you know, live a life in which they're almost the embodiment of Christ and take the Eucharist terribly seriously versus those who might be more liberal and say, you know what, the most important function of a priest is to be a pastor and, you know, be present with his people and disparagingly, I've heard someone say, you know, like a social worker. What was the theory at the time that you were there as to how someone should actually be a priest? Well, to go back first, I I suppose we all have to take Eucharist seriously. I mean, it it is absolutely the central teaching of our faith that Christ uh, is present to us in, in, in body and blood in, in the Eucharist. So we have to take that seriously. And I suppose how you, inter- how you interpret that is, is, is the interpretation of it, I suppose, is the way you try to live out your life in, in a parish or in a setting you're in. That, that you mentioned there uh, formation and formators. That, I don't think those phrases were there in our time. We, we would have talked about the president and the deans and all that kind of thing. And I suppose there's always a bit of, of, of them and us and everything, like any place you are, you know, the, the, the teachers and the pupils and that. But I would have found the deans, as we'd have called them that time, I think now they're talking about formation teams, I'd have found them to be very approachable, uh, decent people. And uh, I think the way that they witnessed to being priests was just in, in the way they were around the college. They, they would have been... Um, my mother, Lord Mercy, is an expression. One time she'd say, a person, she'd like a person who didn't close his eye on you. In other words, somebody who, who noticed you, you know, mm. in a positive way. And I always felt that about the, the, the formation team, is the phrase you use now. I felt that they didn't notice us in a positive way. I never felt there was anybody out to catch us out or to, to make little of us. I felt they were supportive. Um, I suppose the contact we'd have had would have been once a week. There would have been what was called a, a dean's talk where a dean would take a particular topic and maybe speak to us around that or on it and to be suppose, tapering into, into ministry and where, where we might find ourselves. Um, the teachers then, I suppose, the, the, some of them were university lecturers and, and uh, you know, the campus there was shared, as you know, at that time, 
but the NUI still is a university. So some of the students would have had lectures in, in common with, uh, with lay students as well, men and, men and women, obviously. So I felt myself what they were saying was, look, you're here um, to do your best. You're here because you believe you have a calling and, and we'll help you to see if that's the case. And was that tension there at the time that seems to be there now between this idea of, we'll say, holiness versus the people? Um, I certainly wouldn't be wouldn't have been aware of it. Yes. Right. I, I've had a mouth of Manuth for close on 30 years now. I've been back a few times through the years and in, 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 in different visiting students and did a little bit of work and I'm involved in not committee that meets there. But I wouldn't have a, a, a much of a contact with the present seminary setup. But I definitely wouldn't have been aware of the them and us. Them and us. Right. I think I think what you may be alluding to there is, uh, is you know, that there's a sort of maybe, um, for, want of, for want of a better word, maybe a right wing sort of yeah. swing at the moment. And I think that possibly is there. I think there can be a lot of idealism. I think a lot of people are... You know they're really rooted in 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 the faith, and that's what we need. We need people that are rooted in faith, but it it, it has to be a faith. I think that that sweeps from 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 A to Z. I think any any faith that leans towards anyone into the alphabet, to me, is sort of a dangerous faith. To be honest. So I suppose Catholic in the with a small C that it has to be a universal, a broad church. As they uh, say. Absolutely, I think within that broad church we have to know our own place. I think you have to give credit to to students now who who want to have a very strong identity of what it means to be a priest and, and to hold on to that. And that's sort of what roots us. But, but we have also, I think, to be, to be flexible and, and not overly rigid. And then uh, finally, maybe the role of the bishops. So how does that work, the uh, tension or not, probably it's probably not even tension, but just the working relationship between those running the seminary and the bishops who would be sending their trainee priests to the seminary? Are, do the bishops tend to be involved or do they just stand back and let the, the, let the seminary get on with it? I suspect a bit of both. I think, um, I think if you have somebody doing a job, you trust that they're doing it. You keep an eye on things as best you can and, and you, you keep contact with them. But I think you, you trust people. I wouldn't have had any particular awareness of bishops wielding a, a, heavy, a heavy hand in the seminary when I was there. Mm. Um, I think in terms of where students go, I think that has become a bit of an issue this week. I, I think it's pretty immaterial where students go in some way. I think the idea is that there are seminaries there at the moment. We've just two that are involved really in the Irish Church, at the Irish College in Rome and, and Maynooth. And I would see them as, as, as sisters really in, 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 in the seminary process. And I think a bishop may choose to send one to one or another, or if he's lucky enough to have a few students to share them between the two. But I wouldn't see it as a huge issue where students go. I think it's the fact that somebody wants to go, somebody believes he has a calling, and that there's a bishop to support him in that, and the seminary staff to support him in that. I, I would see that as the important. And then, you know the way, say, some priests will go to a seminary, say, out of the diocese, but others might join an order. You know, I was at a first mass recently for a young man who joined the Redemptorists. Um, what influences those kind of choices as to which way you enter the priesthood? Uh, there are different different interpretations or different understandings of what, of what your vocation is. My own vocation would have been, I'd have felt and still do, thank God, to the diocesan priesthood. I suppose I grew up in, in a fairly rural setting. The priest in our parish would have been seen as, a, as a, an important person by important. I use that with a small eye, not, not uh, a celebrity, but somebody who had a, had a role to play and had a part to play in people's lives. And 
that would have been my sort of understanding of priest. And uh, when I felt as a teenager that I'd, I'd like to explore priesthood, it was to the idea of diocesan priesthood. Others say, like you mentioned, your redemptorist friend there, they may have an redemptorist monastery close to his parish. He may have grown up going to that church. He may have come to know redemptorist and said, well, there's something attractive about that way of life. And, mm. uh, you know, I think it's just, it's, it's, the, it's, it's, the, it's the shared priesthood. There are different... Uh, different ways of, of, of living it, different ways of exploring it and ministering it, but it is the one priesthood ultimately. It must be so hard in weeks like this when there's another scandal, you know, breaking out about the church and people making comments and you're being asked for a comment. Where do you find support on a week like this when you still have to get up and go to Mass and go out and about and do your job? That's the strange thing, Sarah. Um, you find the support where you are doing the job. I think most people see me as a priest in their parish. I think most people feel they can approach me as that. Um, they're very supportive. Uh, I think most people see their priest the same way. And I often think that, you know, you just look to your own priest. Um, we're not perfect. I'm far from perfect. But, you know, we're, we're doing doing our bit as best we can. And I think that, you know, I think it's the great thing to be able to say at times if people are giving out to a priest you're going to the churches is say, well, that's not my experience. You have to say... What is my experience as a priest in my parish? What, when somebody was sick belonged to me, did he walk away from us or did he do his bit for us? Mm-hmm. When somebody died, was he there for us? When we were getting married, was he there for us? Or, or did he turn his back on us? And I think if the answer is he, he was there for us, that's where I think people draw their, their conclusions from. And uh, most people around here, apart from asking me how, one or two people have asked me how I felt about this. And the answer is I would feel sad. Of course I feel sad because it's not what you... I suppose, sign up for that you're a, a part of something that's continually maybe uh, being exposed to scandals or, or, or criticism or, or negativity. It wasn't why I became a priest, to be a negative person or to be involved in something negative. But I think, going back to what you're saying, my support comes from the people here in the parish. I mean, from priests, friends, uh, the priests, uh, friends I have in the diocese, friends I have through the country, and, and family. 